feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. On the Rita Cosby Show, I am thrilled that two more hostages have been released today. This is fantastic news. And now we are hearing that the U.S. is telling Israel that more American hostages are alive, that they have intel that most of the hostages that are in Hamas hands are alive. Now, the two Israeli women, the two Israeli citizens that got released today, both of them, one of them was 80, the other one is 85. The Red Cross has confirmed that it's received them. That is fantastic news. And both of them were having some declining health issues. So that could explain why Hamas decided to release them now. So they could use them as sort of, A gratuitous strategy. Let's just be honest. There is no way that Hamas is doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They're not doing this because they want to look like uh, the great humanitarians of the world. They are clearly doing this for strategy reasons, to delay the ground invasion, to put some pressure on America, to put some pressure certainly on Israel, to put pressure on the rest of the world and say, look, look how nice we are. And we're releasing these on humanitarian grounds because we're such kind, lovely people. Uh, I think that's obviously a far cry. But I am happy regardless whenever I see these hostages get out that they're actually alive. And the story is that apparently these two, because their health was declining, many people surmise that they didn't want to have two hostages die on their watch. That because they had health issues, they were elderly, they figured, hey, let's turn them over, look like we're good guys, as if anybody would ever think that of Hamas. And then we can say we've done these two things. We got, you know, the two Americans on Friday. Now we have the two others today. So take a listen here. First off, this is Morgan Ortegas. She is the former State Department spokesperson under President Trump. This is her reaction of the hostages coming out. We still have like probably at least 218 uh, more hostages still, as you saw Admiral Kirby say, at least 10 Americans, um, potentially more. So it remains a a dangerous uh, place for these hostages. And, you you know, the older people, you're very happy that they get out. I'll tell you what I'm thinking about, Sandra, is the at least 20 children, including babies, one-year-old babies, babies who are still in diapers, that we know are being held in captivity right now. We have no clue if those babies are getting their diaper changed, if they're getting formula. So please don't allow uh, Hamas dribbling out two hostages here, two hostages there, of some sort of sign uh, that they are changing their ways. These are people that brutally raped and mutilated bodies of mothers of children and beheaded them, burned whole families alive. Yeah. Uh, these are not people that, uh, that deserve any sort of praise for letting a couple people go here and there. I agree. And also, it is a tough decision for Israel because 
we now now we've seen reports that Joe Biden has been out there saying, yeah, uh, I've asked them to go slow. I mean, he was asked the other day and he said, yeah. And then he was asked again today and he said, yes, even though the White House tried to backtrack one of those in the middle. So we have now Joe Biden saying that he's pushing for a ceasefire, that he's pushing for Israel to go slow. We have these hostages kind of drip, drip, dripping out, clearly strategic for Hamas. It gives them more time to plan the counterattack, to mine the streets, to do whatever they want to do, to move the hostages, to make it more difficult, to put also human shields, not just the hostages, but others, Palestinian citizens, because they clearly don't even care about their own citizens either in the middle of all this. So it's a really difficult situation. General Keith Kellogg, the other day when we had him on Cats and Cosby, he said, you have to forget about the hostages. That's a really hard thing to say. I understand why he's saying it, because clearly Hamas is going to use it strategically. They know that the world would love to see more hostages let out. It's that balancing act of when to go in and obviously how risky it is to the hostages if you do go in. Hamas could give the order to kill the hostages. Hamas could put them right in locations where they know that Israel is likely to bomb or to go in in tunnels and raid underground. They could booby trap the locations, too, as well, because they could care less about the hostages and they could care less, sadly, about the Israelis. They only care about their own survival. They don't even care about themselves. They're happy to die and say, hey, they went to Allah. I mean, this is crazy stuff that we're dealing with. And so how did they do that balance? And I also will say I don't think it's fair for Joe Biden to be telling Israel what to do. Obviously, Israel wants to minimize any civilian casualties, whether it's hostages or anybody else. There's no doubt about it. It's not like Israel is the one who's going after civilians. It was clearly Hamas that was going after civilians. And I take great offense hearing that Joe Biden is telling them to go slow. I do think they will be methodical. They will be careful. But do you think it's appropriate for Joe Biden to go around dictating Israel's policy after Israel was slaughtered on October 7th? It's been two weeks. I think they haven't been rushing into it. And also in the middle of all of this, you can see that the way they have been strategically planning it, they were waiting. They could have gone in like a day or two later. Israel has mandated military service. They're all taught to be a part of military service and to protect the homeland. So you got all these layers, you got all these things going on, and then you have Joe Biden. Can you imagine after 9-11, if suddenly Israel said they lost, you know, a few people in the towers? I don't know. Maybe they did. I'm not looking at the numbers. Clearly, they were predominantly Americans. But can you imagine if some country came in and said, you know what? I'd like you to go slow and not go after bin Laden. If you knew where bin Laden and his henchmen were hanging out right afterwards and somebody said to America, go slow. You know what? I'd actually like you to do a ceasefire. How dare you? How dare you? Israel has every right to defend itself and go in. Obviously, we want them to protect the hostages. Obviously, we would love to have all of the hostages come out. But they also have to dismantle Hamas because guess what? Sadly, they're going to come back and do it over and over and over again. This is the anniversary, the 40-year anniversary of the Beirut bombing, killing 240 Americans. Iran has had a history 
of terrorism over and over again. They support Hamas. They support Hezbollah. And here we are years later, and they are still the head of the snake, and the head of the snake has not been cut off. And unless we stop Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, and I'm talking about obviously Israel wants to do it first, let them do it, and hopefully they can wipe them off the face of this earth. Hamas must be dismantled. And after everything we have heard, and that's been released in the last few hours, which we'll talk about later on in the show, some of the stunning details of what has been discovered in the footage where they've shown, the Israelis have shown, here's what's happened, because there are actually people out there, like these nutty people that deny that the Holocaust ever took place. They're nutty people that are saying, October 7th never happened. The Israelis weren't really attacked. They're using that as a pretext. Are you kidding me? So Israel released some very, very graphic details to describe what they saw, what they experienced. They have the video. They showed the footage. You can even see there's this one moment where you see these guys of Hamas knocking on a door and you see the the footage, the ring footage, you know, from the uh, doorbell. And you see these guys with RPGs on their shoulder knocking on the door. Can you imagine somebody opens the door? They open fire. I mean, this is what they were doing. They were slaughtering kids, beheading kids. And now we know we have seen people who have seen this footage, and it has made even some veteran war correspondents uh, just stunned. I want to play a little bit. This is Fox News reporter Mike Tobin. Mike is an old friend of mine, by the way. We worked together when I was at Fox News. He's a great reporter. And listen to what he describes of some of the footage that he saw today that the Israeli Defense Forces released of the brutality and the savagery that Hamas unleashed on their country. Uh, This was on October 7th. This is what Mike was shown and many other reporters around the world today. Today, the uh, Israeli Defense Force did a screening of a lot of the uh, Hamas video. Some of them wore GoPros. There was security video. Uh, There are cell phones that have been seized. There's even audio that has been seized. And they did it in a very deliberate attempt to try to show the Hamas savagery and combat the narrative that you've seen with demonstrations and in much of the media uh, that Israel is the aggressor. Now, most of what we saw today we can't show you simply because it's too horrible. Uh, But I can tell you some of what we saw, dash cam video of Israelis being ambushed in their cars. Uh, We saw a girl hiding under a desk. She was discovered and executed. Israelis huddled in a safe room who were massacred in the safe room. There was a father and his two little boys who uh, tried to seek shelter in their bomb shelter. The Hamas attacker threw a grenade into the shelter. The father was killed. The two little boys survived. It looked like one of the little boys uh, lost an eye. They both screamed for their father and they screamed for their mother. Can you imagine calling and screaming for their mother and they're executing the kids. They were beheaded. There's a scene apparently where one of the Hamas guys calls up and says, "Uh, can you imagine this? He calls up. They played the audio tape and said, Hey mom and dad, guess what I did today? I killed 10 Jews. He's bragging to his parents that he killed 10 Jews. And then he said, wait, 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 I'm about to kill one more. Basically, got to go. I mean, this is this is the craziness of these people. And who are these parents? Uh, I I don't know the other end of the phone call. Did the parents say what? Or did the parents say bravo, son? If the parents said bravo, son, I hope uh, I hope there's a bomb that's coming to their house. Because you got to be kidding me. That's the problem that he's calling and bragging to his parents 
and you can only assume, I think the parents said, bravo, son. What does that say? Not only about this killer, but his family. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts about this? Rita, you know, I, I just can't contain myself the sorrow. I saw some of the videos that were sent to me, my friends in Europe. Uh, AOC just declared war crimes do not justify war crimes on TV, referring to the coming Israeli ground assault on Gaza. But this, this Boston University graduate who got a degree in international relations, economics, is admitting that Hamas committed war crimes, but Israel does not have the right to defend itself. And I looked it up. The Geneva Convention clearly states civilians are to be protected from murder, torture, brutality, and from discrimination. So, you know, two snippets on the news stood out to me this week. First, an Israeli journalist describing the Hamas brutality with tears in her eyes, and some of the things she said was too graphic for me to even repeat here. And second, a BBC anchor interviewing an Israeli commander on the field, and she's asking him, why is he not following the Geneva Convention, stopping the ground assault on Gaza? By this the way, really I saw that. Everybody. I saw the last clip that you're talking about, Dom. It, yeah. I couldn't believe my uh, my eyes and ears, just as you're saying, yeah. uh, because she said, wait a minute, do you know what I mean? Uh, like, um, uh, th- th- wouldn't it be a violation you know, of the Geneva Convention, yeah. if you go in and if you accidentally hit civilians. In other words, like, made it sound like Israel shouldn't respond. Uh, and, and you could tell the IDF report, you know, uh, spokesman was like, uh, excuse me, miss. Uh, I, Dom, by the way, did you see this thing last week, too? This, it, it reminds me when I saw that footage, and I know exactly the clip you're talking with, the blonde-haired woman. Um, yeah. But then there's the other one last week where another CNN international anchor said to a different IDF spokespeople, because there's two or three of them, uh, this guy, Colonel Peter Lerner, and she said, you know, um, about the Gaza hospital explosion, you know, she said, you know, um, uh, wait a minute, you say that um, Hamas is responsible, or that, you know, the Islamic Jihad is responsible? Hamas said, and then he said, well, but we're telling you, we have intel, we have this, we have that, we have this, there's the footage, there's the Al Jazeera. But she said, but Hamas said, and he said, are you kidding me to the woman? I mean, she was, it's like me saying, you know, bin Laden told me this and boy, do I trust bin Laden. I, I mean, it's yeah. stunning that the recklessness of many people in the media, Dom, is stunning. Absolutely, because I think the last thing I want to say is this, this Israeli commander, he told this lady, he says, lady, you know, we are making every effort to minimize civilian casualty. And maybe you are unaware of it, but we are also protecting your freedom to ask me these questions. Right. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> it, it was a great line. And and boy, I'll tell you, those Israeli Defense Forces spokespeople have a lot more patience than I do, Dom. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd be like, gotta go. I mean, they may as well. She may as well said, I'm the spokesperson for Hamas. I mean, some of them are just, they are shameful. It, it is incredible. And the reason they released some of this footage, Dom, is because there are people out there saying, well, Israel's making it up. I, I don't think the dead and charred bodies and the beheading and all these things that people have been reporting that have actually seen it, not just IDF saying it all this time. People came in and saw it almost, I think, hours later.
and there was footage or they saw the bodies. I, I mean, this it, it is unconscionable that people are so clueless and so uh, just naive and so stupid and so biased at a time like this where it's really scary. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about the latest from Israel, as everyone's wondering when the ground incursion will happen by Israeli forces. They've had hundreds of thousands of young Israelis and also seasoned pros, too, waiting there right on the Gaza border in Israel, ready for the attack. They continue to bombard them from the air uh, they are also keeping an eye, of course, on the north with Lebanon uh, because there's been a number of rockets coming from Hezbollah and obviously a lot of messages from Israel and America saying, do not get further involved in this fight, Hezbollah. And Iran, don't you think of encouraging it either? one 800 one uh, let's go to Joe real quick. Line one. Joe, your thoughts. Rita, first of all, Christ Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. I pray to him every morning and night that he protects the land of his birth and where he sacrificed himself for salvation for us. I pray that we get the, all the hostages back. I pray that they're Americans, Italians, Israelis. I pray that, that Hamas is extinguished. The politicians never let the warriors for democracy finished the job. You know what? You know what? I agree. They need to go in and level everything tied to Hamas. Uh, obviously, they want to minimize civilian casualties, try to prevent them, but they need to level Hamas. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Tiverton, Rhode Island, where the police department there is now praising two of its officers for the swift actions that they took in saving a man from a massive fire that took place last Friday. The blaze broke out just after 7 o'clock, and upon arrival, officers Devin Tate and Cameron Williams did not hesitate to enter the smoke-filled residence to rescue an elderly man who required assistance of a walker to get to safety, at which point when the officers saw him and spotted him in the residence and he was calling out for help, they carried him out to safety prior to the fire department's arriving on the scene. 
Thankfully, there were no injuries to the man. That's incredible that they saved and also to the rescuers also involved. So good news there, too, as well. Uh, apparently, the fire department and the police departments both sung the praises of these two officers and said their bravery and professionalism cannot be overstated. They did a terrific job. Great work. And thank you for your skill and dedication. And the man said he would not have probably been alive if it were not for those two fast acting officers. So bravo to our great men and women in law enforcement all around the country who do such great work every single day. By the way, also just getting some sad word of a super fog pileup that took place in Louisiana on an interstate there, uh, seven people dead, 25 injured, and more than 150 vehicles were damaged in a massive pileup uh, with a case of super fog that left visibility near zero on a main interstate there, Interstate 55. Again, we're just coming in uh, about all these different fatalities that took place on a 24-mile-long highway. Uh, It is expected to be closed in the foreseeable future just because so many cars crashed, so many people lost their lives, and the case is, of course, being investigated. Well, we are talking about everything going on in Israel. And uh, this I don't even know where to begin with this. President Barack Obama, who you could certainly make the case Uh, A lot of his policies have led, I would say, to this moment of Iran having so much money that they are able to fund the war. They're making $2 billion a week. John Katsimatidis and I were talking about this earlier on Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And they are making so much more money than they ever were a few years ago. And under Barack Obama... They were making a lot of money, too, because he was trying to coddle them to try to get this Iran nuclear deal. Remember all the money that came in, the pallets of cash in the middle of the night that came into Iran and then suddenly got discovered later? And then, of course, now under Joe Biden's policies where he's killing our energy and instead uh, he's letting Iran and Russia drill baby drill and make so much money on all their oil sales. That's funding the Ukraine war, as well as the war against Israel. It's incredible. And so here is President Barack Obama, the former president, warning today, just a little bit ago, that a possible Israeli ground operation in Gaza Strip in response to Hamas's surprise attack could, quote, backfire if if Palestinian civilians aren't protected. And he is saying he's taking some issue and he's criticizing Israel, essentially, uh, for cutting off the electricity in Gaza and some of the humanitarian issues that are happening in Gaza. I I say disgusting. He and Joe Biden together have been so disastrous in handling Iran and have only done money to enrich Iran. They have only encouraged them that when they have taken hostages, they've made money off of them. Look at the money that Joe Biden forked out. Remember the five for five deal. And then he was going to give the six billion. He claims it's frozen. Let's hope it is. But who knows? And they're still sending in all this humanitarian aid to Gaza. And then today they're like, oh, no, no, no. None of it's going to uh, Hamas. Are you kidding me? Hamas controls Gaza Strip. 
I mean, this is just so ludicrous. It is so ridiculous. And this talking out of both sides of their mouth and as if, you know, Barack Obama is like the barometer of like justice with Iran and getting tough with Iran. He's now criticizing Israel, saying it's getting a little too heavy handed. Shame on you, Barack Obama. Your policies, I think, so much played a role into what we are dealing with today. And Joe Biden is just an extension of your policy. You have some of the same people who who did the lousy job with Iran in the first go around and second go around. And now we're dealing with the third go around. And look what's happening in the world. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew, line five. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts about all of this? Hey, Andrew. Yeah, I just want to say to Obama and the $150 billion they started off by giving Iran. But I want to say I was very offended when Joe Biden described us after 9-11 as being Islamophobic. I say it was on the contrary. I was shocked how few there were, like, attacks and violence. It was it was so almost non-existent. And after an attack, not 9-11, but one after that, I covered a story. It was called Muhammad Messenger of Peace in New Jersey. And the, the um, woman, I forget it was Afghanistan or Palestine she came from, and she said that she was so stunned how much she loved America. Like, she was literally in disbelief, and she said that she's Muslim, but she was the different denomination than the other Muslims, and they wouldn't talk to her in her medical school unless they had to for, like, the class project. So she said when she came here, she thought that the people weren't going to even communicate with her because she was Muslim, so she was, like, stunned that people were friendly, and she started tearing up. So, And she said in 17 years, one time someone made a derogatory comment, and that was it. So yeah, but but you know what? You know what your point is, Andrew? You make a very good point that indeed um, the, you know, the we are such an open society and we have been such a uh, melting pot of the world. We have so many different populations. We have so many other. And by the way, I and I, I hate when I see um, anybody who is trashing, whether it's Muslims or trashing, um, you know, Jews. It's despicable. And I think, you know, hate crimes on whatever sphere is just it's just shameful. It really is. It's so inappropriate. It's so horrible. I make a very big distinction uh, when I first of all, it's First Amendment. They can protest some of these people out there. Um, and imagine if they protested in some of the Muslim countries against the country or against different views of the country or different uh, sects. They would be gone. <laughs> That'd be no gray. Um, so they should kiss the ground that they're in America. And I'm happy to hear that your friend's story, too, epitomizes just how open and and collaborative our country is and what a melting pot it is. On the other hand, I hate when I see some of these folks out there that are just saying the most horrible things uh, about Jews in some of the protests and some of them pro Hamas, blatantly pro Hamas. Uh, I never thought I'd live in a country where young people would be out there. Uh, pro Hamas. There was a there was a rally over the weekend, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show in Brooklyn, where they were throwing bottles at cops. They didn't want to be destroyed. It's getting their people are getting so emotional. They're getting so heated. And it just it gets me so, so troubled. Um, and I think it's shameful of how dare Barack Obama, whose policies were so weak and horrible, I think, on Iran, that he's actually out there today criticizing uh, Israel. 
Um, I think he I think his policies contributed so much to where we are today. And Biden is just a part two of Obama, if you will. Some people think Obama is still running it, as a matter of fact. So uh, just more of a front man. But he's clearly definitely following the same policies, which to me is just a mess, a disaster and a disaster for the world, not just for Israel. Also, we were talking about just the brutality of Hamas. Uh, these videos that they put out today are just downright troubling, downright disgusting, and downright painful to see. But I think it's actually very important that Israel puts these out for the world to see. Um, and here is the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, talking a bit about what was released and what was thrust on the Israeli people on October 7th. Hamas's case, uh, they use their people to protect their military. Uh, uh, it just shows what sort of values these people are. But we should have no illusions about our enemy here. We saw the sort of violence Hamas is capable of. I mean, they, they shot young people in a pit uh, uh, with machine guns, just, just massively massacring young people. They, they killed parents in front of their uh, 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 children and children in front of their parents. I myself have seen bodies of children in cots riddled with bullet holes. These people... Are, are capable of the worst possible violence, and they are evil and they must be defeated. And that is Mark Regev, who is the spokesperson for Prime Minister Netanyahu, talking and describing that. Here is Shahar Azani, and Shahar is the former spokesperson for the Israeli consulate in New York. We are at a time of great pain in the nation of Israel, Un- unbelievable, unfathomable pain, especially on a day like today when new footage was released by the IDF, again, not en masse, but to uh, leading you know, opinion leaders, media, um, shared some of the atrocities. And I can tell you the atrocities, Rita, are things that nobody who witnessed it can ever, ever, ever unsee it, unfeel it. You know, we keep on thinking about what were their last moments like when they were uh, during investigations of some of these war criminals of the Nazi Hamas terrorists. You know, if anybody thought they did it out of some sort of a rampage, that it was unplanned. You know, I heard versions of people saying that they went overboard. um, They didn't plan to do it. Well, everything has been written, has been dictated. We have those Nazi terrorists um, testifying in their investigations, footage that was released today when they were ordered to, to, to mutilate, to torture young women, children, the elderly, to cut off their limbs. By the way, satanically, to spread limbs all over and to burn them together so that it's going to be more difficult for the forensic medical Um, uh, doctors in Israel to identify the bodies? What kind of diabolical individuals are these creatures, monstrosities? And also, he described one very, very painful scene that they uncovered. I can tell you that in one testimony that shook me today, one of those forensic uh, medical uh, professionals spoke and said that they got a pile of what seems to be like, you know, blackened rubbish or coal, And when it was diagnosed through advanced technological machinery, they found out two spines. And it was revealed that it was a father and a young son. He was hugging him when they tied them both with iron wire, barbed wire, and torched them alive. And they knew that they torched them alive because there were no bullet wounds. Shahar, it is... How diabolical these people are. 
And that's from Katz and Cosby earlier today. Uh, it is stunning. Can you imagine to hear them burned alive, a father and son, as they were clinging to each other in their final, final moments? Uh, there's also just some unbelievably gruesome, gruesome stories of a guy that they were trying to behead and they couldn't find the right tool to do it. And they use a hoe. They use uh, a back, uh, a hoe, uh, you know, that they're using in the garden, a garden hoe. I mean, this is just horrible. These brutal, disgusting scenes. Uh, kids beheaded, shot in the head, begging for their lives. A- and these are the monsters. And then we have people like Obama and Joe Biden saying tonight, a oh, restraint. Can you imagine if this happened in America and somebody said, restraint? You have got to be kidding me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philly, line three. Robert. Hi, Rita. It's really good to talk to you. Um, I just need 15 seconds. Two things. First, Obama is the architect of this current debacle in this country. Trader Joe is just the witless guy doing what Obama wants. The second thing is, and I'm really not keen on saying this at this present time, but you can crush Hamas, and I support you. You can crush Hezbollah, and I support you. But you will will not end this until you deal with Iran, period, period. It will never end until you deal with Iran. And I'm not going to go on. I'll leave it right there. You have yourself a good night, and let's hope for the best, my dear. Thank you, Robert, so much. And you know what? Sadly, you're right. And and if you don't do something to stop Iran, uh, that is the mastermind behind it all. They're the financiers. They believe it's like 93% of the funding from Hamas, if not 100%, uh, comes from Iran. And same with Hezbollah. And we're seeing all these things that are happening from the north. We're seeing also attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq. Uh, we're seeing them intercept uh, missiles that are coming from the Houthis that are right there in Yemen. So, I mean, this is serious stuff right now. And what's the commonality? Iran, to Robert's point. Um, and who knows? You know, listen, Israel, I'm sure, uh, has its eye on so many of these locations. Uh, where the nuclear sites are, uh, you know, being fostered and developed in Iran. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they decide to take a strike. We'll see, you know, because their existence is on the line. And especially if Iran ramps up its attacks with Hamas and Hezbollah and others on the West Bank and other directions, uh, this could get really ugly really quick, which is why it's such a huge, huge deal. Uh, let's go to Sandra, line four. Sandra, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. I just have a couple of quick thoughts. First of all, I feel very disappointed that uh, the 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 war is not going forward. They're waiting, and as they're waiting, the terrorists can put booby traps in those tunnels that are very dark, narrow, and cause claustrophobia, and also causes disorientation. So I'm, I'm pissed off about that, that they didn't go forward when they really felt it. Now they're waiting, and I don't know what for. 
and also I wanted to say there was a guest speaker over the weekend on 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 your on net, uh, net oh I, I can't even say the name of the TV program Netflix no not Netflix the one that you're on my mind just went blank oh on Newsmax anyway, Newsmax yeah right <laughs> and then anyway he said this guest speaker that he feels the only way that people are going to really get it is that they actually show pictures of the beheadings and I've I've been reading a lot about beheadings and you know what. It's not so instant like you think, and you even just spoke about a botched-up job. There are so many times where they can't even do it right, and and when it's even done correctly, that you're still alive for like seven to ten seconds, and you still feel something and pain for sure. It's it, and it's, listen and listen, Sandra. Death is a death. It's just it just shows, um, you know, and I think you agree with me on this. It shows the barbarity of these savages. Like I don't even consider them human. They are just so disgusting what these individuals are doing. And that's why as much as it's painful to hear about um, and people who've seen them, I do think it's actually smart that Israel puts it out because these are not, you know, civilized fighters in any sense of the word. Um, These are disgusting, savage terrorists, and we need to show the world who they really are. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up in the next hour, we will talk about President Biden's misguided comments. Uh, so focused on aid to Gaza, which, by the way, I do think, obviously, there are a lot of folks there that are innocent. They're just caught under the control of Hamas, and they should be taken care of. But where are some of these other countries that should be doing that work? And what about some of the countries that are closing their borders? I, I mean, what's going on? And also, why is now President Biden seeming to put that as a priority almost before Israel? There's something wrong with this picture. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line two. Norm, your thoughts. My thoughts are uh, Israel must release all video footage of the Hamas massacre. No matter how horrible or graphic it is. Now, Now, I won't watch any of it because I don't have to. But the world needs to see it document everything and to clarify what we are up against. And and I just think that it's very important that pretty much all that stuff, because I know they're watching that stuff on the Arab street now. I know that, uh, you know, we, you know, we might not, um, I know in Gaza they're watching it and they're, they're chuckling. That's what's keeping them going. You know? Yeah, I watching agree. All that ho- no, and by the way, Norm, did you see, and I think it's important that, it, I, by the way, I think it's important it gets out because there incredibly are, uh, just like they're uh, Holocaust deniers, like the state of Iran, essentially, um, 
there needs to be people out there. It diffuses all these crazy people who say, no, October 7th didn't happen or Israel's making it up so they could go into Gaza. No, they're they're They are responding after they were brutalized and assaulted, which they've continued to be for decades upon decades. And and so I, I actually think I agree with you that it needs to come out for the world to see and to see the monsters. And I'd like and I'd like for people who've seen it. I actually wish every single college student out there that's protesting and saying, oh, this is terrible Israel. I think they need to be forced to watch it. And then let's see if they get out there and protest against Israel. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, things are getting downright heated as the war is also heating up in the Middle East. Everybody waiting to see, is the ground incursion going to happen at any moment? We know that Israel has been ramping up airstrikes. Uh, Many people say that that is just to soften, obviously, as many targets as they can before they do intend to go in. It's going to be tough when they go into the tunnels. There is said to be 300 miles, linear miles of tunnels underneath Gaza, and that is indeed where they expect that the terrorists are hiding out as well as the hostages are hiding out. And we do know, again today, that two Israelis were released, two older women were released, and that was said to be because they were not in good shape, and they are in the hospital right now uh, out of Hamas's hands, Uh, were taken to the Red Cross and are now both in the hospital being taken care of at this time. Thank goodness uh, they did get released. But it's been this drip, 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 as we know. And as this is happening, we are seeing more protests taking place in the streets all over this country. I'm glad to see that there's a lot of big money donors pulling out of some schools saying, you know what? We don't want to be a part of a school that is not condemning some of these pro-Hamas and very much anti-Israel, very divisive and very sometimes disgusting protests that are taking place. There were some over the weekend, by the way, that took place in Brooklyn. And listen to this. Uh, These are anti-Israeli protesters, and they got downright mean with the cops. They were throwing bottles uh, throwing other items, punching the cops. A number of them got arrested. Uh, it just shows that tensions and emotions are riding high and they're not respecting the police. Um, and it's scary because the police feel that they're a little scared to get overreaching. They're afraid they're going to get hauled into internal affairs. There's cutbacks in the police departments all over the country. So there's so many issues going on. But listen to this protest that took place in Brooklyn over the weekend. Here's a little bit of sights and sounds. Yo, 
Doesn't sound like they're being very nice to the police. And what it seems like is it's sort of par for the course that we have been hearing from all of these people. I mean, if you listen to even the policies all the way in the Biden administration, it's this sort of coddling to, you know, to these, you know, anti-Israeli groups, if you will. The questioning, it seems like when they're given to John Kirby today in the White House briefing, he's with the National Security Council. He keeps saying, oh, well, we're, our, our mission is to go get more aid in there. Our mission is to go do this. Yeah, you want to try to help the people in the Palestinian territories. There's no doubt. Um, but you also want to think about Israel that just was slaughtered. Sometimes it almost seems like the White House is more concerned about taking care of the Palestinian people than taking care of the Israelis. That's a little confusing. And listen to this, because a lot of reporters were asking today, you know, look, you now are saying you're going to give, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of aid. And you seem very excited that you're giving it to the Palestinian people. A number of trucks have already rolled in over the weekend, and you're going to continue to do more. You keep talking about that over and over again. How can you guarantee that this aid and this support is not going to end up in the hands of the Palestinian uh, Hamas folks, these terrorist leaders. There's a lot of good people that are caught in the crossfire, but how can you guarantee that the good people there in the Palestinian territories are getting it when Hamas is ruling the show and not even letting them leave? You can't guarantee it. So listen to this exchange with John Kirby, and he just wants us to trust them. Trust us. We can make sure that it's just going to the good people. Hamas won't get a dime. Right. On the aid portion, you know, how, for instance, are you going to convince people that this is not going to get into Hamas's hands uh, yeah. when, for instance, you know, we saw fraud with something like COVID relief money in the U.S. Um, and we're now talking about securing an understanding with Hamas, a terror group, about how this humanitarian aid should be used. I mean, how can you convince people that that is going to be a worthwhile, necessary, and secure endeavor? We certainly share concerns about any diversion of humanitarian assistance for Hamas purposes. I mean, for instance, fuel is a good example. You know that uh, we know that they need fuel to be able to uh, electrify and to power up uh, their tunnels, for instance. You know, keep the lights on. So we we understand that. We're we're not blind to the potential. Uh, concerns here uh, over diversion, which is why Ambassador Satterfield is on the ground. His whole purpose is to make sure that that humanitarian assistance can get to the Palestinian people. We have seen no indications as of today that any of the trucks that Kareem talked about, any of the material in those trucks, have been diverted to Hamas or been absconded by Hamas. That, uh, in fact, every indication that we have is that it has, in fact, gone to uh, to the Palestinian people who who are are in desperate need for it. I would remind folks, that we have trusted partners on the ground, humanitarian aid organizations, and of course the UN Relief Agency is on the ground, and they very much are taking uh, uh, a personal stake, a professional personal stake, in making sure that that aid is getting uh, where it's needed. Uh, we're gonna, and we're going to watch it, obviously we're going to watch this closely. We, we don't want to see Hamas benefit any more than anybody else does. All right, like we're really going to trust. These are the same people who are going to give $6 billion unfreezing it. And it wasn't until the world came out and said, what the heck are you doing? 
And then this happened, of course, to Israel, the brutality, and they still won't even admit that it's being frozen. You know, they're like afraid to like say anything negative about Iran. And so here in this briefing, the same briefing, here's another. This is interesting. So a reporter asked John Kirby, same press conference today, tell us about the priorities and listen to what he says. The first priorities are is about aid to Gaza. Take a listen. Do you have an update on whether Iran was directly involved in the October 7th attack on Israel? Because some Israeli officials say that they, they have evidence, but they have not presented any yet. Yeah, I, I would say we're in the same place we were. We know there's complicity here by Iran. As I just said, they've been supporting Hamas for years, a, decade, a couple of decades, and Hamas wouldn't be able to function or exist without Iran. But um, I can't stand here before you and say that we've seen a particular piece of intelligence that that shows that they were participating in, witting of, directing uh, what happened on October 7th. But again, nobody's doubting, nobody's walking away from the fact that Iran does bad things with bad people in that part of the world. And that is his denial of Iran. And here he is, uh, for some reason, afraid to, again, point the finger at Iran. But listen to this. This is what I was just talking about, about the priorities. So they're saying, what are the priorities of America? In other words, is it the same priority that Israel has? And listen to what he says is first. You outlined three top priorities for America, and Israel has repeatedly said the top priority is destroying Hamas. So how can you achieve all of the priorities from America at the same time Israel gets their top priority? We agree that the top priority has got to be going after Hamas. I, I, there's no there's no daylight here. We also think it's important for humanitarian assistance to flow and for our hostages to get home with their families. And we're working all three of those things. So first is Hamas. I'm happy to hear that. But then right after that, it's like getting aid to Gaza and then get the hostages home. Uh, forgive me. I think getting aid to Gaza. Yeah, it's nice. Why aren't you putting pressure on Egypt and some of these other countries to do the job? Aren't they their neighbors? A- and I would think getting rid of Hamas and getting aid to Gaza and then hostages, by the way, does that sound like the right order of priority? 1-800-848-9222. Obviously, destroying Hamas, getting the hostages. And if we can help bring aid to Gaza, that's great, too. But he puts it in the same breath as destroying Hamas. And that seems to be the way that they are handling this war. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Phil, line five. Uh, Phil, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, I read a good evening. Um, here's the deal. Uh, what I can understand is the, the U.S. government wants to give like, like 50, 60 billion over to Europe, uh, to the Ukraine people. And they want to give like a pittance over to uh, Israel. What I don't understand is if you look at Ukraine real quick, They've got a whole constellation of NATO countries around them who've been helping them and will stand completely by them in a moment's notice, okay? That's a, that's a good thing to have. Now, if you look at Israel, Israel, on the contrary, is surrounded completely by states that would like to see them burn in hell. They, are, they have no friends in the Middle East, okay? And they're getting a pittance. Now, my point is it should be the other way around. Don't you think so? Yeah. By the way, I agree, Phil. And listen, I do think that Ukraine uh, deserves support. I think I, I think you and I have talked about this early on, Phil. I mean, I personally think that obviously Biden did it all wrong. I mean, I think if you're going to go into battle, uh, you go into battle the right way. He's been drip, drip, dripping it. 
and and I I use that expression meaning like you know remember they wanted to send uh, the poles wanted to send uh, the MiG jets no you can't send the MiG jets they wouldn't even let them send the MiG jets the poles send the MiG jets Poland the neighbor uh, and now guess what now they're finally training the pilots over there and they're gonna get them I think it's like sometime next year. How does that help the Ukrainians? Had he done it right to begin with, I contend things might have been a lot different had he done it appropriately from the very, very beginning. And by the way, had he said to Russia when they were amassing troops on the border of Ukraine, think about all the money we would have saved if Biden had a set of like cojones and said at the very beginning, you know what, don't even cross that border into Ukraine. I see you amassing on the border. Don't ever think about it because we will send aid to Ukraine. We will protect. NATO will step in. NATO, you know, Ukraine's not going to go it alone. We're not going to allow this to happen. And he didn't. He said, oh, minor incursion. So that one, quite frankly, a lot of that's on him. I, I think his he gave such a horrible, blatant green light to Russia, and he was soft on Russia, and Russia saw an opening. That's one. Two, now where we are here, as you're saying, Israel, you're right. Uh, they're a democracy in a very bad neighborhood, in a very dangerous neighborhood. And they definitely need support. Their threat, their livelihood is, is on the line. Their, their livelihood as a state is on the line. And they are, are, you know, one of our greatest allies in the world. And we absolutely, which is why we have the carrier group. Uh, that's some right there. There's a number of others on the way. There's some others in the Mediterranean. Uh, they're all over the place, basically standing guard. And I agree, there should be more money to Israel. But you know why Biden's doing this? Because he knows it's going to put Congress in a box. He knows that Congress wants to give money clearly to Israel. There are some in Congress who are divided over Ukraine, and he's trying to lump them all together. And then he also puts money in there for border, even though he's not clarifying what it's for for border. Is it for people to process more people to come through? You know, I mean, I mean, it's like he's trying to suddenly gratuitously put it in there because he wants to put it in there so we can say, oh, look, uh, the Republicans voted down border or they voted down Israel or they did. They should be separate. I think that the fact he is sticking it all together is disgusting. He should separate each one, have them stand on their own and then have Congress vote on each one separately. Uh, But he knows Uh, that there's division about Ukraine, there's division about how much to go there. Uh, There's a lot of questions about the money that's been sent there. And again, I contend we would have saved so much money, Phil, had he done it the right way. Your final thoughts, Phil, on all this front. And even even with Israel, as you look at this now, Iran is absolutely, I firmly believe, behind all of this. And Biden, what does he do? You know, right before this, is about to give $6 billion to unfreeze it. You know, I I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This guy, this guy has been coddling Iran from the beginning and coddling dictators is why I contend where we are, where we are. They smell weakness in this president and they're taking advantage of it. Phil, your thoughts about all this, Phil? Well, very simply, I I can only say that I agree with you 101 percent on everything you've said. And, you know, it's intriguing. America is a young country. We're only 300 years old, but we're a hard hardcore republic. We, we stand for human rights and we stand for decency among our citizens. Israel is the same type of venture. Okay, they, they're only like 75 years old, but why is it every state that wants to start like that? Israel is a powerful ally in the Middle East and they stand as a symbol 
for human freedom and dignity. We have to ensure their future, like it or not. One thousand percent. Bravo, Phil. Uh, very eloquently said and very forcefully and powerfully said. one 800 848-9222, and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Talking about what's going on in Israel, obviously it is tough times over there. And we do know that there could be about 10 unaccounted for Americans that could potentially be hostages. More than 200 hostages believed to be over there in Hamas's control. So this is still really scary stuff and very delicate stuff. Meantime, President Biden, and this is cut number two today, he was asked about the hostages and also a ceasefire. Listen to this answer. Are you supporting the hostages for a ceasefire deal? Why did you? He said we should have the hostages released and then we can talk. Uh, and we know that privately, apparently he is saying, listen, uh, just hold off on the ground invasion. Let's try to get the hostages out. Granted, it is a very, very difficult, difficult task. And there is no doubt uh, that the conditions right now are getting tough in Gaza as there have been so many airstrikes. There are over 300 over the weekend. There's been more than 6,000 in the last two weeks. So they are pounding Gaza, but they're going after the infrastructure and they've got a number of Hamas leaders. By the way, one of the individuals, one of the Hamas individuals, a couple of them that came into Israel on October 7th, uh, they have found manuals on chemical weapons. So they were planning on what, unleashing chemical weapons in Israel too when they were over there? I mean, this is scary stuff. These guys are monsters. And they were using sort of, uh, you know, really like pumped up uh, amphetamines, if you will, like very, very strong uh, medicine, like kind of a a poor man's medicine, as they describe, that was getting them all amped up. So they were like kind of hallucinating. And these drugs, these pills that were found on them, uh, on many of these Hamas fighters, we're giving them sort of this amped up energy, this adrenaline. And again, as I mentioned, hallucinogenic. So they would kind of forget sort of who they were or what they were doing or be turbocharged when they broke into these homes of civilians. And that's what also amped them up to be killing these people. They were giving that to them so they knew that they would sort of lose their senses, if you will, because you got to be some sort of a monster to be doing what they were doing. It, it is just it is nuts. Let's go to Jason, line five, real quick. Jason, your thoughts. Rita, thank you. I believe uh, Israel 
with the help of the United States, should go and take out Iran. Then we can start figuring out, get you know, the going after Hamas. The hostages, un, unfortunately, we don't know if they're dead. We don't know if they're wounded. Yeah, you're right. We do not know. You're right. Uh, Israel says they believe most of them are alive. Obviously, we want to try to save them, uh, but we also have to wipe out Hamas. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Berthoud, Colorado, where a military veteran is honored nationally by the Veterans of Foreign Wars. A Berthoud military veteran and member of the Colorado House of Representatives is being recognized for his continued service. Representative Ryan Armagust was recognized by the Veterans of Foreign Wars in their still-serving campaign. He said, quote, it becomes a way of life, describing his service. Among his titles, Marine Corporal, representative from the House of Colorado there, commander of the VFW Post, and also a VFW Post in northern Colorado. He said, it's nice to be able to get younger veterans to participate. Without younger veterans, these organizations are going to go away. Organizations which are so important in preserving the legacy of our service and for men and women and all that they do for our nation. It is a great reminder of how important it is to give back. By the way, uh, the Still Serving campaign honors different people who have served after being in the military and helping communities to inspire the next generation. So I would say he certainly Certainly does that. By the way, Armagast also proudly showed the signs and symbol of an active VFW post in Berthoud. Uh, the location there is named after Gabriel Condi, and he died in Afghanistan. So the post is a way to remind people of those who also made the ultimate sacrifice and such an important message. And bravo to him and, of course, all of our great men and women in the military and their families. And, of course, I think so much about all of our American men and women right now. Uh, That is because American troops right now are on standby. We know that we have carrier groups uh, that are now over there the USS Gerald Ford, the USS Eisenhower, a number of others are in the region near Israel. They're on standby. We also know that there are several thousand American special forces troops and others that are sort of on standby, said to be brought in for, quote, humanitarian reasons and other reasons. Uh, but this is going to be tricky, tough stuff. And while we're also looking at what's going on overseas We can't forget about the homeland. There has been, get this, a 7,000% increase in the amount of those on the terror watch list that have crossed into our country this fiscal year. In the 2023 fiscal year, more than 151 people on the terror watch list have been apprehended. Those are just the ones we know about. 
And that's why having an open border at a time with everything that's going on with the world on fire, you see what's happening with Ukraine. We see all the concerns with China, of course, with North Korea, certainly what's going on in Israel and everything that's happening with Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran. When you look at all these things, it is so dangerous to have a wide open southern border as we do. And we know that it hit an all-time high of those who crossed the border illegally. And again, as I mentioned, 151 on the terror watch list. You have to be a pretty bad person to be on the terror watch list. And this is an enormous number of individuals that are wishing to do us harm that have already been red flagged and were encountered at the border. It really should scare the bejeebus out of everybody of all the ones that have gotten away and are probably likely in our country already. They believe even this fiscal year alone, there may be as many as over a million that have crossed the border and just gotten away that we have no idea about individuals, how many of them were on the terror watch list. And many of the ones that have been crossing the border of late have been from these, quote, special interest countries like Iran and Syria and Lebanon, countries where there's a lot of bad people coming from. So why has there been this rash of individuals crossing the border? Because they know it's wide open. And I contend this has been such a serious, serious problem, but now it has been turbocharged given all the emotions and all the brutality that we have seen out of the situation that's been happening in the Middle East. Look at the fury coming from Hamas. Look at the savagery that Hamas unleashed on Israel and to think about any of them coming into the United States. Many people believe that they're already in this country and that they're just in sleeper cells and waiting for the word from Iran or from Hamas or Hezbollah or all the same because they're all certainly connected uh, to get the go ahead. And that is a very scary premise because it only takes a few of them to wreak hell on earth in America. And I worry so much about our homeland. I worry about lone wolf attacks. I worry about coordinated attacks. And this is why you do not have a wide open southern border. This has been so dangerous. And I worry about what's to come. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, he was on Meet the Press over the weekend. We talked with him actually a few hours ago, also on Cats and Cosby. Uh, but this is what he had to say over the weekend about how concerned he is about who is already in this country. If you simply look at what's the chaos right now, a wide open southern border, I'm concerned about a cell sitting inside America today. We just caught 18 people just last month on the FBI terrorist watch list coming across our border. More than 160 have done it this year, a record breaking. When we're looking around the Middle East and the uprisings popping up around Europe and others, they could be sleeper cells right now in America, but this administration hasn't done nothing to change what's happening on the southern border. And they have done nothing including what's happening with this situation. And we even had the FBI director, Christopher Wray, put out an all-points bulletin saying that he is concerned about an increase for potential of violence and an increase in lone wolf attacks. Also, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City saying the same thing. 
Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this is an extremely one of the most dangerous times, I think, for our country and for the world. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Eddie, line two. Uh, Eddie, your thoughts about all this, my friend? Rita, uh, these callers that call up and minimize Israel's second genocide. Honestly, I don't. I don't think they've seen much death in my medical career. By the way, I, I don't think we've had any callers on my show uh, doing that. I would cut them right off. But go ahead. Um, Good for you. Uh, I've seen much in my medical career, but nothing like I've seen today of a man gently picking up a baby that had been beheaded. And it did something to me, uh, body, mind, and spirit. I kept on looking for the neck and the head, and uh, it really changed me. It's horrific, Uh, isn't it, Eddie? It's horrific. These people are savages. um, Well, they, they should be. They should they should uh, meet these evil people. They, they must meet Allah very soon. And I'll tell you, Joe Biden is smoke and mirrors and a facilitator. No planes to the Ukraine, slowing Israel down. And I have to tell you something. It, it, you know, it, it all gets me ill, this world we wake up to every day. We don't know what's next. And my Army Air Corps dad, if he met you, Rita, he would say you are a woman of intellect and class, I'll tell you. Uh, because when you get fired up, you still speak like a lady. You're, 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 you're great. I had to say something good about Rita on here, I'll tell you. And I'm sorry you're not going to make Bill O'Reilly's because I'd, I'd love to talk to you about the past life, everything, how it was in the world and, and the world today. I know. And by uh, the way, Ed, I would love to. Radio. Thank you. Ed, first of all, Ed, thank you. You are such a sweetheart. And thank you for your nice, kind words so much. I care so much, and I know you do, too, obviously, with your great dad's background and your father's heroic background and my father's experience, too, in, in World War II. Um, they understood the cost of freedom. And I am sad that I'm going. Bill O'Reilly is having a great event with Sid Rosenberg uh, in Huntington, and sadly, I can't make it. I'm so bummed on Friday. Obviously, uh, I have my shows here on WABC And it's just going to be tough timing-wise. So, so sad to miss it. But I'm sure it's going to be great. And I'm glad that you're going out to it. And uh, and I understand if you guys go to BillOReilly.com and some other places, you can. they have a few more tickets. They actually expanded seating uh, because they have so many folks who want to come. And I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And I'm jealous, Ed. Uh, I wish I could be there. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be a great time. And I can't wait to hear about it afterwards, too. So you got to let me know how it went. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic with Sid and with Bill, especially. It's going to be great. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line one. Uh, Mike, your thoughts about this situation of what's going on in Israel? I don't, Rita. Yeah, you know, Netanyahu uh, should never surrender leadership to any other human being. He should only take counsel from God, stay in the Word, ask God for your, your counsel, and uh, just stay strong. And What, what uh, do you make, Mike, of, of you, a Biden, basically, uh, it sounds like trying to drive policy? And, and I wouldn't put it past him. Look what he did with Ukraine. Remember years ago, I'm not even talking currently, Remember years ago, he, he made the joke, oh, I told uh, told Ukraine, if they don't fire the prosecutor, uh, we're going to withhold a billion dollars worth of aid. And son of a bee, uh, they got rid of the prosecutor. I mean, who knows what he's saying uh, to Israel? He might be saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we won't send those aircraft carriers 
if you hurry up and do a ground invasion, you know, maybe some of that aid might be a little held back. Who knows, Mike, what he's saying? What he's trying to do is he's trying to take Netanyahu's frame of thought, his prayer, his prayer life. You know, the Jewish people are very strong in God. God will never abandon the Jewish people or, or Israel. And it's been proven for thousands of years. So what, he, what they're trying to do is control his frame of thought, take him away from his prayer, and, and that's a no-no. So that's why he should not surrender leadership for nothing, not for fear, not for nothing. Listen, we're all going to die. So we'd rather die one time than die a million deaths. That's in the Bible. And, and also in the Bible, in the Proverbs, it says uh, it's, it's dangerous to worry about what other people think of you. In other words, just put your faith in God. That's in the Proverbs. You know, it says it's dangerous to worry about what other people think of you. Well, so that's why, that's why about- Mike, by the way, that is why it is so important uh, for Netanyahu uh, obviously, his mission to respond to what the evil that was thrust on his people. And it's not the first time that Hamas has attacked Israel. I mean, th- this has been repeated over and over again. Obviously, the brutality was just shocking to the core, as we've heard so many details, sadly, about today. But again, I think it's important people understand the the monsters that they're dealing with on the other side. And this is not – and for anybody out there uh, – you know, who a questions what's going on. Yeah, uh, That to me is absurd. Go look at the video if you have to see it. And if you have any sort of conscience and you're going to go out there uh, and, and support Hamas after that, uh, you've got to have like a screw loose in your head because these people are absolutely animals when you see what's going on. And I'm glad that you, I mean, I agree with you. Their mission is just, and they're protecting their homeland and what happened to them uh, is just it, it is beyond the conscious, uh, as Ed, who just saw some of the videotapes, was describing, and so many others who have too. Mike, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Let's go to Susan, line three. Susan, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. You know, you're speaking about the six billion that uh, Knucklehead Biden released on September 11th to add insult to injury. By the way, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. How dare he do it on September 11th, too? All right, but but that's just a pittance compared to when he the worst. I mean, done so many just horrendous acts, but he took all the sanctions off of Iran. President Trump had them in a box. They were practically broke. They have like $400 billion. Then, now, before he got the $6 billion released, because he's allowed them to sell oil, to, uh, and they have $70 billion from their oil revenues, and it comes in something like, a, you know, a billion or two billion a week. I don't know. You know, Cassidy Matides knows all these numbers. Two billion a week, two billion a week. And they were not they weren't even making they were making like a like a hundred million or two hundred million before this. Uh, I mean, it, and guess what, Susan? All he had to do was enforce the sanctions. They're on the books. Why would you not want to enforce the sanctions? Iran has made so much money under this president. And he's killed our oil energy production. What's the first thing he did on day one? He killed the Keystone Pipeline. So it's like he's he's killing us. You know, he's killing our oil and gas business 
Uh, you know, it, it's ridiculous. And, and it is going to bring like what windmills over to Israel. That's really going to help them, you know. And, and meantime, Iran is getting funneled so much money. That's what they're paying for their weaponry. And guess what? That's where Russia is, too, because neither one of them right now have the sanctions enforced on them. And because Obama and Biden have limited our supply, especially Biden, and I call it Obama-Biden because it really is part three of Obama, guess what? Everyone now is going to Iran, and they're going to Russia. And that's how they're getting the money to fund all the weaponry that they're using against Ukraine and, in Israel's case, against Israel. You know, I mean, this is just it is disgusting, Susan. Why is this president not putting his foot down? If he had if he had actually imposed sanctions like he was supposed to do, they wouldn't have had the money to do this effort. That's that's the thing that's disgusting. Your thoughts, Susan? Well, that's exactly right. So this is what kills me. And I think you had a call last week talked about like prominent Democrats like Dershowitz, who still says he would vote for Biden, and and, and, uh, it's just something is just no. Biden is doing this all on purpose. He is part of the cabal that wants to take down this country, and he's already he's like he's going to be an oligarch. We are in so much trouble, and now with thirty three trillion dollars of debt, interest rates going down, revenues to the treasury going. No, interest rates going up. Our revenues are going down. We are at. We are on. We are one foot over the cliff. So we can. We got to deeply cut spending. That's why McCarthy cannot come back in. We need someone like Byron um, McDonald. Donalds. I know who you're talking about. Byron Donalds. Uh, but but you know it's amazing. Um, you could contend that this president and and getting back to the Biden issue first off boy his issues and his policies have created so much of this moment and you think about how safe the world was under president trump i will take a mean tweet over a mean terrorist any day of the week 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 the rita cosby show And again tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, President Obama urging restraint to Israel, saying Israel's operation in Gaza may backfire if civilians aren't protected. This from the guy who had pallets of cash come in the middle of the night to Iran, which is funding Hamas. Thank you very much, President Obama. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert, line four. Robert, your thoughts. Rita, this is more controlled chaos organized by the leaders in our country. It's a further example of the hypocrisy of the left denying the right of self-defense to the oppressed which is happening in our country on every level, local, state, and federal levels, while perpetrators are being emboldened. It's called managing the decline of the United States of America. By the way, what a sad testament, but they seem to be doing a good job at declining America. Sadly, sadly, sadly. Let's go to Walker. 
Line five, Walker, your thoughts. Rita, uh, it's just, I, I articulated this thought. This reminds me of WW2 when you had FDR. And um, he was a, um, he was a nice man. We never saw him in a wheelchair, but the Japanese had spies and spotters, and they said, oh, FDR, he in a wheelchair. Oh, we bomb up Pearl Harbor. The same thing's going on today, only they don't need spies. They just watch TV, and they see this doddered. I don't know. Well, you know what? I I was ready for you to say Neville Chamberlain, because I feel like uh, I, I think of when I think of World War II, and I think of the denial of Neville Chamberlain saying, oh, you know, uh, let's appease this guy, Hitler. Um, you know what? Appeasement clearly doesn't work. And they only understand strength. And hopefully they understand uh, a rocket in the Hamas headquarters soon. Hopefully they understand that. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.